Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mecha Dragon. I am Will, and this is Bob. And today we're talking about the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And uh, it's exciting to have you back on the show, Bob. Uh, welcome back. It has Glad been. Glad like, to be back. It's been like a couple years, I think, since you were on. You were like on like two Christmases ago when we did an episode uh, on our audio podcast about uh, R2D2, if I recall. Has it been correctly. that long? It, it was two Christmases ago. I know that for sure. Oh, my. Yeah, and here we are uh, at the end of March in 2021. So, uh, but yeah, so I wanted to start, um, I wanted to start today with, since this is the very first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, kind of a, a brief, like, general impressions, non-spoilery general impressions of the show and what you thought. So, so what did you think of this first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Bob? Um... I, I thought it was great. Um, there was a lot of groundwork for what was coming up for the rest of the series. You get to see some of the more personal human sides of some of our main characters. And it was a lot of great acting from some of our main characters. So you just really start that emotional connection that you need throughout a series to care about those main characters. Yeah, this episode was like a lot of setup. But I think it's setup that we needed. Um, and it really went, it spent a lot of time on the characters, you know, uh, well, well, Sam and Bucky and, and, and where they are in their lives. And I, and I, and even though a lot of those scenes were kind of slow, maybe in some objective sense, you know, uh, they, it was, it was more like giving it room to breathe. It was, it was, I was not bored at any point with the slower scenes is, is what I'm saying. Well, and, yeah, they, they seemed to go back and forth. Um, between really intense action and a, a slower, more emotional connecting with these people kind of scene. Yeah, like just more intimate, like personal moments. And, um, I, you know, Sam Falcon, you know, is probably the Avenger, one of the few Avengers who's basically a regular person. I mean, other than... The fact that he's got, you know, this Falcon suit and he can do all this stuff and, you know, he's a great guy and all that. He's 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 the most like a regular person of all the Avengers. I mean, I would say probably him, Scott Lang, Ant-Man uh, and um, Rhodey uh, and and Rhodey, basically. Those yep. are like and, Haw and Hawkeye. Uh, are, those are the most like normal, like regular people. I would even put Rhodey as being like a little bit less of an. A normal person, just because he he does get the the like the Iron Man suit. Um, well, again, under the suit, he's just a regular dude. That's true. That's true. The, the I mean, the, you know, so so it is interesting to see, you know, sort of the uh, the real life stuff that these guys have to deal with because these guys are not Thor to where they're just like hitched a ride on a spaceship and it's like you know, whatever Thor's you know going to be up to now. You know, he's not uh, he's not yeah. Hulk and whatever Hulk is into. <laughs> yeah, know, they eating. can't take a missile to the face and then go have a beer after, you know. Right, right, exactly. So, um, you know, w without saying spoilers, I mean, there was uh, quite an amazing action set piece uh, in this episode uh, pretty early on where it was just, I mean, that it's it was at a level that that typically you only see in feature films, you know, in an MCU film. It's like not a TV-esque 
action sequence. I mean, there's some great TV and there's some great action in TV, but this was a whole nother level. Yeah, they probably spent more on that initial fight sequence than a lot of shows spend on a whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure, you know. And, you know, Kevin Feige has talked about how they really do make these shows like they make movies. I mean, they're very cinematic experiences. So, uh, so yeah, I was, I was really happy with it. You know, I really loved how uh, we got the more personal side of these characters. I mean, you see what's going on in Sam's life. You see what's going on in Bucky's life. It totally makes sense based on, you know, where they were coming out of Infinity War and Endgame. And they've got some, you know, they've got some real personal, you know, stories to go through in addition to, you know, the main, you know, flashy-like plot versus the bad guys that they're, that they're setting up. So other, other thoughts on it? Bob? Uh, well, yeah, just like you said, um, we get to see the human element that you don't get to see, like, in Endgame. You know, like, there's not a whole lot of scenes in action movies of, you know, people getting dinner together or washing the dishes. Um, there's usually more <laughs> fighting aliens and saving the universe. Right. Instead right. of mundane problems like, hey, who's going to take the dog out? Or, you know, whatever random chore you got to do. Yeah, you know, and we're also getting some indications of what the world is like a little while, you know, not very long after um, Endgame and, you know, the, the people come back from the blip. Uh, it, it does take place a little bit later in the timeline than WandaVision, I'll say, but uh, not much. So, uh, so that is interesting to see all that. So they're definitely, they did a lot with this episode, I think. Because it, it was set up, but it was set up in a very, it was like a lot of times when, when shows or movies do exposition and exposition is just like information that you need to know to understand the story, like they'll just drop it in a big monologue or it'll be handled in a way that's, you know, maybe not that compelling. But I was very interested and plugged in throughout the whole episode, even in like the slower moments when they're delivering a lot of information and they just do it very subtly, you know, hints about what the world is like now and how that's affecting like the people that have come back and how people that lived through the blip are reacting to the state of affairs now and stuff. And I, I found that really fascinating. Um, and, you know, also shows me that they have a very clear idea what they're doing with the MCU moving forward. So what would you, how would you rate just, you know, the show just based on this first episode out of 10? I, I got to give it a nine. A nine. It, it was it was fabulous. Um, they 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 almost immediately. It was paced very well, and almost yeah. immediately they draw you in. And even if you haven't seen previous movies, they make you start to care about these characters. And that is always when you enjoy a show the most. Like when a character gets hurt or something happens to that character, you know, you get that visceral emotion. You want to you know cry like your best friend got hurt when they <laughs> when they when they are on top of the world and they win. You want to just stand up and cheer. Like you would, like if your best buddy was in a football game and just scored the winning touchdown, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you have that emotional ride with them because you care what happens to them. Yeah. And this made me care that, you know, this episode made me care a lot more about Bucky and Falcon. And, you know, it's not like I didn't care about them before. You know, I really liked those characters from the movies, but they had hardly gotten, they had not gotten very much development. Uh, very, very minimal screen time, yeah. Sam, Sam had even gotten less development than Bucky because, you know, Bucky was even in Captain America's first movie and, and he had, you know, he was 
uh, a major character in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So we at least got, you know, had gotten some more from him from those places. Right. But uh, yeah, I like that. So for me, you know what? I think I give it a nine too. So at least so far. I mean, that was, a, I mean, that was a hell of, it's a hell of a setup for a show. I mean, look, if you like Marvel movies and you like Captain America movies, you're going to like this show, I think. Absolutely. Without a <laughs> you know? doubt. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen the rest of the episodes, but like based on everything the MCU has done so far, and even though WandaVision is a totally different kind of show, it at least gives you an indication of how seriously you know they're taking these shows and what they're doing with them. So, yeah, there's uh, definitely a vastly different flavor between this and WandaVision. A vastly different flavor is is absolutely right. So, okay, so uh, we're gonna move on to heavy spoilers, everybody. So just bear that in mind. Spoiler yeah, if you haven't seen alert. it yet, scream and run now. Yeah, scream and run now. Come back, uh, you know, press pause maybe. Come back and uh, and listen or watch uh, after you've watched it. Yeah, watch the show so, now. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, so we, we have we have a few topics to get to on this, but, like, if I could just start at the beginning because, you know, it starts off and he's, like, ironing this this suit and putting it on. And, you know, I, I, I did I think you mentioned and I've seen other people say online that they thought like, oh, maybe he was going to like Steve's funeral. Yeah. Which which I didn't think only because I really don't think that. I don't think that we're anybody's ready for that yet. <laughs> Basically, even though Cap is retired and all that, like. Well, I don't think Marvel cares if we're ready. I mean, just look at the snap. No one was ready for that. I've seen that movie 10 times and I'm still not ready for that. I I guess what I'm saying is I think that they would give it um, some kind of uh, additional dramatic weight then for us to the first thing we see as like his funeral. Right. Like he's going to you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up later and like, you know, give Sam some advice or something like that. But they're not just going to have him like die off screen and then there be like a funeral and then that's all like that's the, that that's just my opinion. But I just I just didn't think it was going to happen because of that. But I mean, it's 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 him basically getting ready. It seems like for this uh, speech he's going to give a little bit later. But then it goes into, and it really and it's very short this first little scene, uh, and it ends you know with him remembering when he told uh, Cap, uh, you know, feels like it belongs to somebody else, and Cap's you know saying, it, it doesn't. And I think that just tiny little scene there at the outset really set up what his personal arc is going to be through the movie yeah you know in a very you know dramatic emotional way now then of course we get the big action set piece and you know like i said that opening scene was like nothing i've seen in a tv show definitely not as the opening scene you know, normally you'd save something like that for a climactic yeah, battle. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a buildup. That's the climax. Yeah. That's and in this, a lot that's of... That's the, hey, how you doing, you know? Yeah. And in a lot of, like, pilot episodes, which a lot of times are made before they know whether they're going to actually produce more episodes of the show, right? They make a pilot, they show it to the people at the studio or whatever, and they give it a green light or or not. And so normally they're not going to spend that much money on a pilot either. Like it just in regular type of a like primetime TV show. Uh, but this one, I mean, they, they knew they're going all out from the beginning. So they just put it right up there up front, kind of like you would expect maybe from a movie, right? An MCU movie. So, I mean, we talked a little bit about that already without saying <laughs> that that's what was happening in the scene, 
But like, what were your like when you're watching this scene? What were your impressions and like how did it, how did it hit you? Was it was it good? Was it? Do you think it was overblown? Like what? How was it? It it, it does a good job at establishing that even though Falcon was the Avenger that didn't get a whole lot of screen time, he is in his own right a big damn hero. Yeah. He has the skills, he has the will to make it happen. Right. Without Thor, without Iron Man, without all the big heavy hitters, he can get it done. That's a good point. That's a good point, because we've mostly just seen him in action with the team, right? Yeah, up until now, he's been a background singer. It was, I mean, I mean, he he paired up with Captain America uh, during Winter Soldier, and yeah. then he kind of had that fight with Ant-Man uh, during uh, the first Ant-Man movie, which was great. But other than that, I mean, he really hasn't had a chance to shine on his own. Right. Uh, you know, so, yeah, that was nice, actually. And it was, and it was fun, too, because, like, there's that moment when he's like, ah, he won't follow us, and then they look over, and then Sam had just, like, landed in the helicopter seat, and he's like, sup? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I imagine being one of those guys in that helicopter that they don't know what the, the <laughs> Falcon's tech can do. You're sitting right. there like, oh, we got away. Oh, no. he's sitting right there. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, so that was, I mean, we don't need to dwell on it too much, but that was like, I, I thought it was a really fun action scene. I thought it was it interesting. Was. I thought it was interesting. They brought back the, that French villain character, Batroc, which, which had fought Captain America at the beginning of Winter Soldier on that ship, mm -hmm. if you remember. And, you know, the, the guy's not enhanced or anything, but he's, he's like a famous martial artist or something. And he's, he's tough, you know, he's, he's a good fighter. And so even Cap had to like actually try to, to take him down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Falcon had a kind of a tough time and he's kind of started getting his ass handed to him in a way. Yeah. Uh, to, to stuck some damage. Um, and that's one of the things Marvel does better than any other studio I've seen. Hmm. Two minutes before that was the little comedic pause of, Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and then all they go from that to this really intense fight and it doesn't feel like they broke pacing. Like, it seems like that was just the natural progression of it all fit together the way it was supposed to. It did. Yeah, Mar Marvel's really good at that. And and um, I'm going to talk a little bit more later about why I think, uh, you know, the, these movies are so successful. But it was fun. Uh, it was it was a really good action sequence. And uh, and I enjoyed it. So I want to talk a little bit about setting up the characters, which, of course, this episode spent the majority of its time doing, I think. Yeah, any time there wasn't a fight, they were setting stuff up. I mean, it really takes its time with Sam and Bucky showing us where they're at in their lives. You know, it's the kind of thing that a feature film wouldn't necessarily have time for, but we get that room to breathe in a TV show. And I would say, you know, if all, 45, if all six episodes are 45 minutes long, that's like four and a half hours of story. You know, that's like two, two and a half movies basically worth of worth of time right. so you know that's why i i cannot understand well it's not that i don't understand but like i've heard people say oh it's only six episodes like I, you know I'm, I'm angry like why can't they do at least 10 or something i'm like well i would like more also but at the same time you're also getting like way more than you would get out of a single film right yeah so and and these are characters that have been loved for decades 
it, they could have 20 episodes and people would want more. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, and I really enjoyed this look at like the everyday lives of these guys. And like we were saying, it's essential groundwork for everything that's to come. It's grounding us in this emotional realism that, as I've said before, is I think one of the big reasons that the MCU has been as successful as it has been. You know, did you find any of the setup boring or did, were you, you know, there for it like the whole way through? Oh, I was I was eating that with a spoon. I loved every second. <laughs> um, there were there were a few mm -hmm. things like just from being a science nerd kind of thing, like Falcon needs a helmet. Like <laughs> he's doing goggles. all that stuff. There's stuff blowing up all around him. Like he doesn't protect his head at all. From flying shrapnel, from flying yeah, shrapnel, whatever. from all the explosions he's flying through, <laughs> and like you know, he's he's outrunning a missile, so he's doing a minimum five hundred miles an hour, and Ooh. talking with his mouth open, with all right. that. Right, good point. That you know? I mean, so you know, I have jumped out of an airplane before, and let me tell you, that wind is, it's intense. is pretty intense. Yeah, um, and that's just free fall. I mean, yeah. he is propelled by a jetpack. Yeah, I think uh, terminal velocity at, in freefall is like about 125 miles an hour on Earth. And so if he's going about 500 miles an hour, that's some serious wind in yeah. your face. <laughs> and so, the dude on the ground can still hear him. Yeah. And you're, they're just so, carrying on a casual conversation while he's catching up to the bad guys. I can see that you're um, going to be like the uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson of this show. <laughs> you're going to be pointing out scientific inconsistencies. Like, I mean, I understand there has to be a, a minimum amount of suspension of disbelief because it's yeah. sci-fi and it's comics. But there's a certain things like, okay, he has, you know, super wings. Awesome. Give him a helmet. Come on. <laughs> but but you still enjoyed it. I mean, even oh, though I loved you had... It. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, back to uh, the emotional realism that we were talking about, like... You know, I, I think for Sam, it's clearly he's going to get the shield back at some point, which we've seen in the trailers, him using the shield, right? And I think it's also that he's got to, like, accept that he deserves it, you know, or or at least that it's his to use, right? Yeah, and they even, like, while he's having a conversation with Rhodey, like, you know, I'm not the guy, they do a close-up of the uh, the propaganda poster where it's like, I want you. Oh, like, it's pointing right at him. It's pointing right at him. Like, no, you are the guy. You may not feel like the guy, but you're definitely the guy. Yeah, that was a really great piece of production design uh, like that you pointed out during our watch long because, you know, they just throw in things like that, you know, and, and, and you noticed it. Um, so it's, and even if you don't notice it, I think it's functioning like on a subliminal level, you know, a little bit. So that was nice. And, and to be clear... You know, even though I think that's his journey to, like, get the shield back and realize that it's his and all this, I don't think he's ever going to call himself the new Captain America. Because, you know, he's been very clear about the fact that, like, there's only one Captain America, and that's Steve Rogers in his mind. And so even if he takes up the shield, you know, he may become a symbol, but he's not going to call himself the Captain America. Right. You know, I would be really surprised if that's what hap what happens. I really don't think that's going to happen. With Bucky, his arc to me seems it seems like they're setting up an arc of redemption or at least of continuing to try to make amends and redeem himself. And like, you know, clearly he's wrestling with telling Mr. Nak uh, Nakajima about how he killed his son and you know, apologizing to him or whatever it is that he's trying to do. 
And the other part of his journey, I think, is just about healing and trying to find whatever his place is in the world, you know, as Bucky rather than as the yeah, assassin. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's like 100 years old, and for the vast majority of it, he has been in combat. That's, oh, yeah. That's, that's heavy PTSD. Like, that, it, it's, you know, even a regular soldier who just makes a career in the military for, you know, the 15, 20 years, you know, they, they have a heavy burden to bear. But for 80 years of that, I mean, the, the, the fact that he hasn't just crushed under that emotional weight. Yeah, I mean, it's it's heavy. And, you know, that's why he's in therapy. <laughs> right. And I really enjoyed that therapy scene. You know, the therapy scene was good. Um, she she's almost scarier than him. And he's a super soldier assassin. She, like she definitely she took nothing from him. Oh, yeah. She definitely went toe to toe with him, you yeah. know, in, in that conversation. And I think it was, you know, very appropriate that she had been a soldier as well, because, you know, she he, probably, you know, any therapist that hadn't been a soldier probably had no business trying to, like, deal with him in that situation, because how could they understand, right, the mm -hmm. kind of things that he's been through or begin to understand, so, and it's, it's really, so, you know, very much like that initial short scene with, with Sam where, you know, he's, uh, you know, putting on the suit and all that. And he hears the voiceover from Cap. I think this sets up his journey because at the very end, you know, she says, you know, uh, these are good things. You, you have a pardon, you have your mind back, you're free. And he goes to do what? I mean, that's, that's the question that is going to be answered by the end of this show, I think. Or at least he's going to come a lot closer to answering it, you know, by the end of this show, I, I would imagine. So, yeah. So I want to talk about how the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in this first episode, like, starts to set up actually, like, the future uh, of the next phase of the MCU, I would think. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they say several times about... What's the line they use? We need new heroes. Yeah, that's what... So originally Sam says that in his speech at the Smithsonian, right? Yeah. And he talks about how, you know, uh, symbols really only get their power... From, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But, you know, symbols really only get their power from the men and women who, you know, uh, who give them meaning. And, you know, it's, it's a beautiful speech. And Anthony Mackie, man, whew, that guy... I mean, I don't know if he's going to win an Oscar for, like, this show, because, like, that's not the type of material, you know, that is going to get an Oscar. But he is a top-notch actor. And just the way, like, he can be he can be subtle. He can be charming. He can break your heart, uh, which he kind of did in the, the scene at the end where you just you just feel that betrayal, you know. You just... If there's any justice in the world, Anthony Mackie is going to be winning some awards. Yeah, yeah. So, and I mean, I th I think that it might even take that caliber of actor to invest us enough in these characters to make this the show work as well as it does. And that's that's credit to Marvel and and Kevin Feige for casting him. You know, I, I don't know the exact people that like you know found him and you know cast him and all that, but um, but he re he really makes this role so. So he says that, and then you said they mention it more than once. I think the other time they mention it is all the way at the very end, in that scene where they unveil John Walker, the new Captain America. And uh, they, they say something like that, you know, 
and they're talking about how well there's you know heroes to defend the earth but we need one for this country and uh so we have a new captain america and it's like it's funny because they're saying kind of superficially the similar things as he did in his speech but they're also kind of twisting it around backwards because instead of saying well there's only one captain america you know and we need new heroes it's like we need a new captain america uh, which is in a way a perversion of what sam was saying in in his original speech and you could see the betrayal on his face there yeah there was definitely some betrayal there and there's no way around it he was they were he gave up the shield for a specific purpose and then they took the shield and twisted it yeah yeah you know and and it I have to imagine that there might have been some kind of bait and switch involved there with, you know, like, you know, some politicians in the background going like, can't wait to, uh, you know, I don't know, get it from this, this, this black dude and, you know, create our new, you know, committee approved (laughs) Captain America or whatever. But I think the line, we need new heroes that Anthony Mackie said, or, you know, Sam says in the beginning is really a foreshadowing of what's to come because think about who we're going to get. We're getting, in terms of new characters coming to the MCU, right? We're getting a new Hawkeye, apparently, in the new Hawkeye show, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye character. Uh, we're we're going to be getting She-Hulk. She's got a whole show, Moon Knight, uh, who's going to be played by Oscar Isaacs. And uh, I don't know if if, uh, if you're aware, but She-Hulk, they cast uh, Tatiana Maslany, who was uh, many of the main characters in that show, Orphan Black. Uh, so she's extremely talented. And she's also a little uh, 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 dainty uh, woman. So it'll be interesting to see her as She-Hulk, you know, as like the hulking uh, She-Hulk. That'll be cool. And we're also getting Miss Marvel. We'll probably be getting some Eternals. Um, and who knows what the fallout is going to be from some of these other movies that are coming up, you know, if, if we're going to get some, you know, new characters that we can't quite expect yet. So, you know, I'm, uh, it's just a little bit of foreshadowing, I think, when it's all said and done. But I yeah. wouldn't, uh, you know, I, we're going to talk a little bit later about characters we think might show up <laughs> in the show. But yeah, so, so I think that's, I think that's happening. And. You know, it's also laying the groundwork for the future of the MCU in the way that it's showing us the state of the world post-Endgame, right? He yep. said it's, it was, it's been a few months, he said, since, since the, the people returned, right? From what happens at the bank, you know, you also get the sense that, like, society hasn't quite adapted to the return yet, in a way. But what are your thoughts about how this is setting up the future of the MCU in this, in this next phase? As, as as many times as they've they've mentioned in the in the one you know forty five minute episode, we need new heroes. I it, even if it's just superficially, they've got to be introducing a lot of the next phases characters, and 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 just sort of you know getting people excited for that to start. Yeah, yeah, lay lay in the groundwork a little bit grease in the rails is there any is there any particular uh of the of the new shows and things coming up that you're really excited to see or you just kind of have a general level of excitement for that stuff i mean it it right right now i've heard so little about what they're doing with all of those Mm -hmm. like um i liked the she-hulk comics back in the day but you know how they're going to do a, a series treatment here you know what 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 are they going to do with that character 
And it's the same question with all of the series and movies that are coming out that are going to be solo adventures. You know, what aspect, like, WandaVision was a complete shock. With, with I've never they, seen anything like that before. I mean, yeah, that was... with how they spun that. So, you know, is, is this going to be a, like a reintroduction to those characters and like, you know, retelling their origin story? Or is it really going to, you know, jump in where, you know, the characters already established and they're going to be, you know, we're already in this world catch up. So this is actually a really good uh, transition into talking a little bit more about the state of the world uh, post-Endgame, post-Blip. So I just want to talk about that uh, real quick. Now, we are, I think, getting more about the state of the post-Blip world than we did in WandaVision, uh, which, despite like the, the crazy stuff that happened in it, was pretty self-contained, I think. You know, so, like, when half the population reappeared after five years, you know, the world did not suddenly break into a rendition, a rendition of Kumbaya and everybody, you know, start holding hands. We're finding, you know, these are the things that we're finding out. Resources became scarcer. You know, the banker said that with everybody just showing up, things have gotten tight. Where before the world was, on some level at least, united in grief, now those who were lost have returned and there's more division. Division between those who lived through the bleak half decade of the blip uh, and those who never experienced it because they literally did not exist during that time. Even a few months after the return, which is where we are with Falcon and the Winter Soldier now, it's clear society's institutions have not adapted to account for the reappearance of half the world population. I mean, again, look at how the bank refuses to give Sam and his sister just a small business loan. Well, yeah, uh, but after after five years, the, the world had just gotten used to half of the population being missing. Oh, I'm they, not they saying... They had just gone through that therapy and started to heal from that, and then oh, all yeah. of a sudden, boom, everyone's back just oh, as I'm quickly not... as they left. I'm not saying it would be easy to adapt. I'm not saying they're just yeah. being, you know, I'm not saying they're doing it out of malice. I'm just saying, like, they haven't, you know, society hasn't been able to completely adapt back to this yet, right? And, you know, well, it's yeah, and because... Yeah, what is what does Falcon take place, like, three, four months after the return? He said like a, in his speech, he said it's been a few months. So I take that to mean three, um, about three months. You know, and it's like, because even though... He literally didn't exist to have a job and an income. Like, they're not giving him a loan because he didn't have an income. It's the kind of institutional indifference and lack of concern with the public good that I think a lot of people can relate to, particularly uh, people of color. Because I don't think that's a thing you can ignore with this, with this show. I mean, it's not like they're making it super overt, but it's just a part of our society, that's all. And, and then we have the Flag Smashers, who are apparently this reactionary group who have decided to use violence, theft, crime, to try and return the world to a trajectory similar to where they saw it was during the blip. You know, with like, I guess, less international division, you know, people are kind of united in grief, I guess. Like, we, you know, we still have a lot to learn about both this group and like where, you know, what's what's been going on in the world. But this is just kind of how I see the state of the world post Endgame, like where we are now. But what, but what are your thoughts? A lot of that, it's kind of too early to tell. 
Marvel is fairly famous for making you think you're headed down one path, and they're like, "Whoops, we're going over here." <laughs> so, cough, cough, Ralph. I, I, I would, I, w- I would, after only forty-five minutes of the story, hesitate to say, "Well, this is this is where we're headed," because yeah, who yeah. knows, man? But you see so much of Falcon and Bucky's, you know, inner turmoil. You know, the, the emotional state of them and the emotional state of their family. It, it, it seems to me like the bad guys, this is how they're dealing with their emotional state. Like, they have felt strongly enough that the world was better before the return of the people that disappeared in the blip that they've become violent and started terrorist tactics to make it happen. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I mean, that's, that's not something you do. You wake up on a Saturday morning, eh! I think I'm going to overthrow the government today. You know, <laughs> something has to really strongly motivate you to go do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. You know, you never know exactly what they're going to pull from the comics and how they're going to, you know, adapt that to the screen. But they certainly do pull elements from the comics. And actually in the comics, and I haven't read a lot of these comics, but I did, I did some research about it. And uh, Flag Smasher was a character in the comics. Now we have a group called the Flag Smashers. And Flag Smasher was uh, this guy named uh, Carl Morgenthau. And now, uh, apparently, in the show, they have, a, uh, they have adapted that character. She's Carly Morgenthau. And she's played by an actress. She, she was in some of the trailers for the show. She's played by an actress named Erin Kellyman. And she was actually the leader of the pirates or whatever in Solo, uh, the, the, a Star Wars story, the Solo movie. She's okay. like the leader of the Renegade Pirates or whatever. So when you see her face, if you are like, hmm, where did I see her before? That's that's where it was. That was where? And, um, and yeah, and, and you know, in the comics, this character was like the son of a, of a diplomat and originally was, uh, you know, kind of trying to follow in his father's footsteps of like, uh, you know, uh, learning about diplomacy. And I, I think he went to like Columbia but then, like, his father was, uh, was killed, and Carl went down sort of this path of radicalization until he, you know, decided that he had to use violence to, uh, uh, you know, some of these, sometimes these villains, like, uh, like, ideas don't make a whole lot of sense rationally, but, like, the idea was, oh, well, we have to break down the borders between nations so that people can be, like, one people, you know, in all of this, uh, and, but but then he you know I guess he decided to be a terrorist to make that happen. That never quite makes sense to me. But so I think there will probably be some parallels in the character to the the Morgenthau from the comics. But uh, but you know I, I I don't know. But I, I I thought that was interesting the way you know what we know already about about adapting that. But yeah, I mean you know per your comments, I think that just goes to show that what what has happened to the world has been so impactful that. It's not surprising that you have people v- feeling very strongly about it and going out and doing some pretty radical things. I mean, is, is that yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The world is in a strange place, right? Because on one hand, people are back, and that's great, except in a way it's created more division in, in a sense, right, with this – you know, you have these, uh, you have these flag smashers. And what did the, what did the army uh, intelligence guy who's friends with uh, uh, Sam say? He's uh, when he was talking in the beginning, 
uh, about the groups, he was like, oh, there's worse groups, right? You yeah. Know, these I ones... mean, if these, these seem to be, you know, ones with superpowers. Yeah. I mean, uh, cl- clearly at least one of them has superpowers, right? Is in hand. Yeah. He, he punts that uh, cop like he's a football. After he jumps out of like a third story building and just like yeah. brushes himself off, and you know. So, um, so that's interesting. So, like, that's obviously you know part of how Falcon and the Winter Soldier get in are going to get involved, right? Because they're those yeah. those people are enhanced, and it, it makes me wonder how many people in the Flag Smashers are going to be enhanced. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the 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 Carly Morgenthau character ends up being enhanced, also. But I would probably say it's it's got to be a small number of people. It's not like an army of like enhanced super soldiers. It's probably like one or two people, I would think. But that's that's just my that's just my opinion. Yeah, it would be hard to envision. You know, you basically have two main characters, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and if they all of a sudden had to fight eight hundred Steve Rogers, there's not much of a show. They lose. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, now, like some reasonable, like, you know, let's say there was a, a core of like half a dozen of the, you know, quote unquote evil super soldiers. Because like when you're on the wrong side, you don't think, oh, I'm being an evil guy today. You think you're right. You believe to yeah. your core you're right. Everybody you thinks know? they're the good guy. You yeah. Know? You're, you're always the good guy in your own story. Yeah. Um, and and we're going to get that conversation between like Carly or somebody in the Flag Smashers and Falcon and Winter Soldier. I guarantee it'll be oh, like a oh, 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 virtual guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to lay out their philosophy. You know, you know, Sam will be like, but you're going about things the wrong way, even if you have good intentions. You know, it'll be yeah. something like that. OK, so I do want to talk a little bit about this new Captain America, John Walker. Which, by the way, uh, he's played by the actor named Wyatt Russell, who was in Lodge 49, and he was uh, Corporal, what's his name, in Overlord, if you've seen it. It's like the J.J. Abrams-produced uh, World War II zombie movie, Overlord. So so he's not bad, but I did just want to punch him in this smug little face when he came out uh, as the new Captain America. Yeah, and, I mean, and, he's all about the propaganda. That's just... Yeah. Now, in the comics, John Walker was originally like a smug new Captain America who was actually kind of a villain in that he embodied a kind of negative patriotism. He would like stage fights for publicity. He really wanted to be a hero. He worked for some sleazy politicians and he was ultimately installed as the new Captain America through like the plotting of Red Skull, actually, which which is interesting. So I, it kind of makes me wonder if there's going to be like like a lingering like Hydra connection or something. That might be a theory, a bridge too far. But uh, he did become more heroic as time went on. But originally, he was created by Mike uh, Grunwald, who described him as, quote, someone who embodied patriotism in a way that Captain America didn't, a patriotic villain, and continuing with the quoting him, basically, I just wanted to do the opposite of Steve Rogers. Okay, Steve Rogers is a poor northern urban boy, so I'll make a guy from rural middle-class south. Cap is now old, so this guy will be a real young up-and-comer. Cap has lofty ideals, so I'll make 
super patriot, be more realistic and more pragmatic. So I put together his background and character traits by playing the opposite game. So just thinking about it that way alone, like this guy is literally, this character was literally created as like the opposite of Steve Rogers. Okay, so yeah. that's interesting. Now we don't know much about the MCU version just yet, except that he seems to be enthusiastic about taking on the mantle of Captain America. And personally, seeing his introduction by that politician, whoever he was, felt just like some of the hollow performative stuff that you see like politicians doing all the time. But more than that, it felt like a betrayal. And I think a lot of that feeling comes from Sam's story. And his and, and Anthony Mackie's great performance, both his speech at the beginning that we talked about when he hands over the shield to the Smithsonian and his reaction while watching the news conference. So, like, what do you think about this new Captain America and all that? Well, it like, like a lot of things, in the beginning, it's going to depend on how they play it. But we, we as viewers are emotionally invested because we see Steve Rogers put that shield in, his, in Sam's hand. Like, yeah. it, it, he tells him, this is yours now. Here, Most take people it. don't know that in the MCU. Um, yeah. So, you know, we are emotionally invested in if anyone's going to wield it, it should be Sam. Now, they, they, they could, knowing that you know, from the comics, he's kind of, you know, paper cutout of Captain America <laughs> and isn't really worth it. You know, maybe this guy is going to be a good guy. Maybe, you know, he, he wields that shield with honor and the terrorists yeah. take him out. I would and be then... surprised if he was like evil. You know what I mean? I would be surprised if he's like a legitimately evil character. I well, tend like to... you said with Hydra, you know, that Hydra as an organization was destroyed, but anytime you're that extremist, there's always, you know, a few people left. And even Bucky said in his therapy session, like, you know, that he, part of his thing where he's making amends is like that politician who he put in power through whatever Hydra contracted him to do was like still abusing her power. And so he yeah. made sure that she went to prison. So we know that they're still, yeah, Hydra got found out as being part of shield. They were kind of broken up, but those people are still out there. Cut off one head, two more sprout in its place. Right. Right. So they're still out there. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. Uh, uh, did I interrupt you? Uh, no, that was, you? that was the point I was making. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, even if you destroy the organization, you know, there's those individuals who, and maybe those individuals are starting this new trouble. Maybe yeah. they're behind this new group. Yeah. Like, yeah, we failed, but maybe you should, you know, yeah. get in I there mean, and mix it up. I would be really surprised if, if, if this guy, John Walker, is actually Hydra. I don't think that's the case. He might be a smug dick, basically, uh, but he's not... I don't think he's, like, necessarily an evil person. He might have a big ego. You know, he might uh, be focusing on the wrong things. You know, he might this, that, or the other. We still have a lot to find out about this character, right? But I, I would be surprised if he's, like, straight up, like, supervillain evil. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, mwahahaha. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't think they're going to go that far with it. At the um, same time, when he came out, oh, man, I really yeah, did just Yeah, you just want to punch him right in the throat. Mm, yeah. No, that, like, that's not... Because, you know, I'm on the same page as, as Sam in that, like, that... Shield, like there's only one Captain America. That's that's the page that I'm on with Sam, and it's yeah. and it's not him. 
So, I mean, I would like to see Sam, you know, accept it and pick up the shield, which, you know, one imagines he will do eventually. But, uh, based I, again, on the trailer, yeah. Right, based on the trailer. But again, like, I don't think he's going to call himself Captain America, you know. And even if, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's like a situation where, you know, he's in action and then he's like in an interview, he's holding the shield, and somebody's like, So are you the, the new Captain America? And he'll be like, No, man, there's only one Captain America, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, help his legacy live on the best way I can. So that that's kind of more like where I see Sam's character is coming out in all this. But, um, okay, so unless you have another topic uh, that we should get into here real quick, then I think we should move on to uh, our theories and predictions, although those might be in short supply at the moment, having just gone through just this one little episode, right? Yeah. But did you have any? Is there anything we missed? I think that that you wanna that you wanna uh, get into really quick. I, I I don't really think we missed anything. Um, there, like you said, this this episode was either action sequence or emotional interplay setting up a lot of things. Emotional um, interplay. You just reminded me if we could speak briefly about Bucky's date because <laughs> I, uh, I think we yes. only talked about that in the watch along. So. Like, uh, first of all, you know, he was not planning to be on a date, right? That just well, yeah. kind of happened. And, um, God, I wish that would happen to me back in the day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I started to really like uh, that bartender woman when she uh, pulled out an old uh, box of Battleship, which I used to play many a time when I was a kid. It was just, it was just funny because you see, like, you don't realize at first, like, w exactly why he's having such a hard time with the conversation once she starts talking about Mr. Nakajima. Mm -hmm. You don't understand yet the reason why that is. But I, I found it interesting, you know, that it was like this guy who has been through so much is now trying to do normal things like dating, right? And it's just so hard for him, on top right. of which... Simple questions are really tough to answer in a way that's not going to just like frighten people. Like, how old are you? Hundred and six yeah, years old. Well, he, they 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 in <laughs> in in an earlier scene where he's out to lunch, and they're talking about haven't danced since nineteen forty three. Uh, uh, it feels like yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they're pointing out like he hasn't been on a date in eighty years. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, and you know, he's talking about playing pinochle, which. <laughs> That that's you know, that's that's not a common game these days. No, no. To put it put it, put it mildly. I, I so mean, yeah. So and they're then, really and, driving home that this is an old man. Well, he's a man out of time in a way, like Steve was. Yeah. You know, and on top of that, he has all this like sordid history that he's trying to get past. And then she even asks him, she's like, "Why the gloves?" <laughs> he's got to come up with it. Because do you say on the first date, "Oh, well, I have this mechanical arm." Yeah. That was he's made. Like, in... oh. And he plays it off like, oh, it's poor circulation, right. you know, not, not, you know, because I don't have veins, you know, <laughs> right. you know, so, so I, I just found that to be a really fun scene, but at the same time, it gets a little bit dark and it gets, it gets pretty emotional because you find out later that the reason he had such a problem with the end of that conversation was because he literally murdered Mr. Nakajima's son. Right. And at that point, that scene gets way darker. Like, yeah. it starts off dark and somber, and you're like, he's really upset, and he's really sad, and you don't know why, but you kind of feel for the guy. And it's like he's coming to this guy's house, who see, or apartment, who seems to be, like, his only friend. And right. I was thinking, because until that scene, I was thinking, this is just somebody he knew back in the day. 
right? But it's not. Because then he sees the picture and you're like, oh, it was that kid that he killed. Yeah. And, 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 and you just, you're sitting there like just sort of. Yeah. And, you know, you're just stunned into silence. And it's like, point. you know, you get the impression that he went there to finally tell him and get whatever that closure is to make amends. But then also realizing you're not actually going to make amends by destroying this guy, you know, in the middle of the night at, at his door. Basically, yeah, this you know ninety year old man at midnight, yeah. just you know crushing what's left of his life. So I think really the 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 pretty much the end point of his personal arc in this show is going to be figuring out a way to deal with that. You know, whatever form that's going to take, and you know we we can make predictions and stuff, but that that's what I see for him okay so so that stuff was all fun uh with bucky and emotional but yeah let's let's get into our predictions and theories as as i mentioned i don't think you know we might be a little bit thin on those right now because we've only just seen the first episode right but um one thing that has me kind of the, the wheels turning okay um marvel doesn't seem to do anything accidentally like in wandavision they there was a scene where they flashed through a bunch of license plates really fast. And the number on one of the license plates was Stan Lee's birthday. <laughs> yeah. So no minor detail is above examination. Exactly. And they, and they, in a 40 minute episode spent way longer than you think they should have on Unique's name and his story about his name. Where's where's he gonna pop back up? Because if he doesn't pop back up at all in the next five episodes, that was a bunch of wasted time <laughs> right. playing in that for, dude for like a little joke that was for, sort of for, half funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I could I could easily see him coming back, um, but you know, as to what kind of a role he might have, you know, who knows? But that I mean, that's a good point. It's like that's why everybody's always doing crazy theory crafting because we know that Marvel will drop those hints in there. And that's why like during WandaVision, everybody was like, had all these like really crazy theories. You know, some of them came true. Most of them didn't. So that's, that's always the danger. And then, you know, they, and then of course they gave us the like hardcore, like, you know, theory trolling of, casting the guy who was Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men movies and then him en end up being Ralph Boner. <laughs> really yeah. has... Actually, there's more to be said about that, maybe, but, you know, not on an episode about right. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But just, you know, that's all just to say that, like, this is why we're always crafting all these theories. Right. Um, you know, for me, one of the more interesting ones... or. Maybe not the most interesting one, but one of the more interesting ones for me is like, where is Steve? What's going on? I actually think that this is probably a case of don't overthink it because like I love that scene in the beginning when Fal uh, Falcon is meeting with his buddy in the military and his buddy's like, so uh, there's a rumor going around that uh, that Steve is on the moon. Did you did you guys like fly him to the moon? And I love Anthony Mackie's face when he reacts that he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't right, take right, him right. to a secret moon base. On the other hand, if it turns out that he really is on the moon, that's like something they could do <laughs> with sword yeah, and just all that. Like at the very end of episode six, there's this, you know, Steve Rogers on the moon base. <laughs> right, like, getting his rejuvenation therapy. Flipping flipping through channels on the Simpsons, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that be hilarious? I don't think. It, it would. It would. That would be 
Um, oh, so that... not to go full tinfoil hat. Oh, please do. But the one other theory I have, theory, prediction, hope, dream, whatever okay. you want to call it. All right. Um, so this is Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and there's a shield of Captain America floating around. And we see Falcon wielding the shield in trailers. But what if at the end of the day, he's not the one who truly takes up the mantle? What if that shield ends up with Bucky and Bucky is the new Captain America? Because he's no longer the Winter Soldier. Like that part of his life is done. And in one of the opening sequences in the therapy, he's putting the Winter Soldier to rest. What if he puts the Winter Soldier to rest and becomes the new Captain America? I mean, that's that is a theory that I've heard, uh, and that would be interesting. I just tend to think they're not going to do it because of at least in the MCU who Bucky is, because he literally was an assassin for like the Soviet Union, and he's mentally unstable. I mean, he's he's gotten the brainwashing stuff taken care of, but he's still unstable. And plus, Cap decided to give the shield to to Sam. So for those reasons, I, I think that that's more unlikely. However, I would not be surprised if he does end up wielding the shield in, you know, maybe cooperatively with Sam, or maybe he just ends up having it for a little while because of circumstances, you know, during an, a set, an action scene or something. Oh, I think definitely that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he does have, like, his metal arm is made out of vibranium now, though, too. So, yeah. like, don't underestimate that either. But, I, yeah, but, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets his hands on it. I just don't see him, like, keeping it and, like, taking on the mantle of Captain America, I guess. Uh, but that is, I mean, I can't, I can't rule it out because I don't know what's going to happen. Right. Well, like, in the comics, that's the thing. They, there's, there's been so many people have taken up that mantle over the years. Maybe we'll have... A female Captain America. You know, there is... When all is said and done. There is in the comics a female Captain America. I know. And her name is America. <laughs> her first name like, is America. Um, I can't remember her last name. But she's like, also there, from, there like... There was a, a rumor of um, Peggy's niece coming in. Oh, she is. She was in the She was in the end credit sequence, if you noticed. Um, um, I, I Actually, I missed that. She was in there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sharon, Sharon Carter. Yeah, she's yeah. Agent 13. Yeah, she's going to be in it. Um, I think she's even been like, just like blink and you miss it in like one of the trailers. But I mean, she's, I mean, she, she's been confirmed to like be cast for the show. So but, well, plus, yeah. I mean, that just makes a whole lot of sense, right? Is like, she's yeah. going to be there. Now I would, if we're making predictions and theories, I would guess that she's going to show up once Sam decides to dip his toes into things that maybe like you know, the governments of the world don't want him to dip his toes into with regard to the Flag Smashers, right? Because, like, if you're a superhero, it has to be, like, sanctioned and, like, I don't know, like, I'll have to look and see if they've put up, like, the actual text of the thing online somewhere, but I, I, I don't know what, like, all the rules are exactly. But I would assume that she's still working for, like, the CIA or something, right? Yeah. Um, plus, we don't know whether she blipped or not, do we? Do we know whether no. she blipped or not? I, we, I, we, I don't think I don't, that's been... I don't a, think that's been... Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was established on screen, and I don't remember seeing her face on the. Remember in Endgame at the beginning when they were putting up like the pictures of the people who were missing. I don't remember them putting her up there. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Well, but... yeah, because you know a, a few billion people blinked, and they didn't show that many pictures. So. <laughs> right, right, exactly. 
So, but I mean, she, I mean, I think she's definitely going to show up. I do think if we're talking about characters who might show up, I do think there is a decent chance. I'm going to give it over 50%, like maybe 60% chance, 60, 65% chance that we see old man Steve. And I think, okay, I was saying before, like, let's not overthink the what is Steve doing thing. Because I think he's just retired and he's like living out his life. And his like Sam and the others just decided to like not really go public with that information to just let him like have his life. Because he's literally 100 years old. You know, from his, pers- I mean, he's done some time traveling, but, you know, he's, like, subjectively, he's, like, over 100 years old. And, uh, like, what's he well, going to yeah, do? The he's one fight man. with I the, mean, uh, he's, he's retired. the he's... French martial arts dude, like, he barely won that fight mm-hmm. in his prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know oh, if I'd say barely, fight. but he did I mean, have to, like, It wasn't make... an obvious, like, Captain America just went and won. It was, there was definitely a battle there. Oh, yeah. So I think yeah. 100-year-old Steve would it definitely... get beat with his own cane. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's a great oh, yeah. shape for being like 105 I'm not years old or whatever. Now. But he's not, you know, because he's Captain America. I mean, super <laughs> yeah, but he's serum, not. But right, but he's not. You know, he's not to the point where he's yeah. you know battling. He's not nailing fighting shape. And, you know, all of that stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. So um, I also think uh, there is a chance. I, I think it's a low chance. But I think there's a chance we'll actually get to see um, Jennifer Walters, who is uh, the real person named for She-Hulk. And I only say that because, A, she's got a show coming up. B, she's been cast. And C, that character's occupation is lawyer for superheroes. Yeah. I I would say almost certainly she'll come in. So if... So if Sam and Bucky are getting up to some superhero shenanigans, as they undoubtedly will, and if this is unsanctioned by whatever body is in control of enforcing, you know, the Sokovia Accords, then they might need a little, little, you know, legal help. So I don't think she would play a huge role. I think it might just be pre-She-Hulk transformation, Jennifer show up and be like, hey, you know, I heard you uh, needed some representation, you know, in this matter. You know, something like that. It might even, you know, might even be something in like a post-credit scene or something. Um, Probably not, but I'm going to give it maybe a 20% chance for She-Hulk to show up. Or, you know, pre-She-Hulk. I'm going to say 70% uh, chance that she shows up. Yeah. Really? Um, Okay. there's, There's too many reasons for her to show up, even for just a second. See, that's what I thought about Doctor Strange and WandaVision. Spoilers for WandaVision. Um, that, that's what I thought. Like, I thought, like, how does he not show up, at least at the end? But he didn't. So, you know, they're going to keep the story very focused on Sam and Bucky, I think. But I really would like to see her show up as just like a cameo, you know, just like like a like court hearing or something. But um, but OK, you're giving it a 70 percent. I'm giving it a twenty percent. We'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, is there any are there any other characters you think might show up? It's 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 hard to say at, at this early stage as 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 more of the, yeah. the plot unfolds. Yeah, it it really um, is. That's why I said we're going to be kind of thin on some predictions, but but you know because like it, let's just think about for a second where the world is in terms of what what has happened to the Avengers. Tony, he's he's dead. Cap, Steve. 
He's retired. He's over 100 years old. He's not in yeah. alien fighting form, as you said. Thor is off in space, like trying space to stuff. like yeah. deal with his you know grief and and space stuff, right? And he's got a movie coming up. Uh, Wanda is now now that we know that happens prior to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, chances are she's still in that. Again, spoilers for WandaVision. Uh, she's in the freaking wilderness at the base of that mountain, uh, which is probably Mount Wundagor from the comics. She's, you know, focused on learning about the Darkhold and, you know, probably, like, finding finding her kids, uh, etc. And we have this whole new slate of superheroes uh, that are coming up in these new shows and things. And I, I don't think there's a reason for most of them to show up. But I... I I think that if there is somebody who would show up, it would probably be Jennifer Walters. Like, I doubt Hulk himself is going to show up. But that's also another connective tissue with Jennifer Walters, right? Like, she's yeah. she's Bruce Banner's cousin. That's that's the idea with her character. And so it could be a situation where, like, well, you know, Bruce found out that you're in some hot water and he gave me a call. He's, he's occupied right now. Uh, but, you know, he, here I am. And, um, you know, I'm going to make sure you, like, don't go to jail for, like, saving the world again type of thing so okay so beyond that though do you have any other theories or predictions about what's going on what might go on now we know that baron zemo is going to be in this show because he was in the 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 trailers right and actually there is a shot from the trailer where he's facing off with bucky and bucky like takes his gun and dumps out all the bullets and that actually makes a little bit more sense to me now given uh the therapy scene to where I think he's going to be trying to stick to the three rules as they go through. I have a feeling they're going to break the well, don't the, break, any, break laws any laws rule. and don't hurt anybody. <laughs> so Bucky's going to try to subdue and arrest rather than, oh, I'm done with you and shoot everyone in the face. Right. Right, exactly. And I really do look forward to the next moment when he, like, takes down a baddie and he's like, my name is James Buchanan Barnes and I'm here to make amends. <laughs> like, that yeah. was so hilarious in the, uh, in the, in the car, the car. And, and it's so unexpected. The, uh, like, I, I think they've had that joke. Like, at the, the first time they whipped it out, it was really unexpected. <laughs> and, you know, you get this big, you know, surprised mm -hmm. guffaw out of it. But... I I if it I don't think it's going to be like oh. a running gag throughout the series. Yeah, it might happen like one uh, more time. Maybe at the end, like um, the final battle, would, they I finish would... it off. They finally get the guy mm -hmm. down, and they've won. And then I'm here to make amends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, right. Or maybe he does that with Baron Zemo or something. Like who knows? But you know, it, you're you're probably right. It's not going to be a running gag, but maybe like get like a little tiny bit more mileage out of it. I would predict that we're going to get at least at least a couple more big action set pieces through the series. And, and now it's a, a six-episode series, right? I, I would be surprised if every single episode has, like, a huge action sequence like we got at the beginning of this one. But there will be some action. I just think in terms of, like, the really big, Okay, well, then, you know, well, well, let's put it on the table. Predictions. Predictions. Oh, oh, Action okay. sequences okay. longer than 30 All seconds. Right. How many of them will we have in the next five episodes? Longer than 30 seconds? Is that the, the, the line of demarcation that we want to use? Like, let, let's, uh, maybe let's separate it this way. How, how many, how many big action sequences that are more than just, like, basically a fist fight? I think, right? I don't how know. About, I mean, that? even, even the most normal guy who's falcon 
has super tech. I, I, I don't see too many normal fist fights happening. Okay, so so beyond, let's say beyond okay. uh, beyond a minute. Beyond, how about beyond one minute, beyond, how beyond many a minute. big fight sequences? I'm going to say... You think in, in the next three. five episodes, only three big action sequences? What are you smoking? Yeah. Um, I, I... <laughs> I'm not saying there's not going to be action, but like I'm thinking of... Uh, I'm I'm thinking of like superhero level, uh, like that scene we got where he's flying through the air, like saving that guy, like up to that level, maybe like three more. But there's still going to be action. There's going to be gunfights. There's going to be gonna fist fights. There's going to be like seven, seven of the, yeah. of the big action sequences. That's they more had two than one per episode. episode. One of them was a flashback, <laughs> like... but they still had two this episode. Oh, you're also it counting the Bucky flashback thing too, right? Yeah, wasn't quite to the it, level it hard of to be flying level. through the skies type stuff. But, but it was, I take it your was point. big. I mean, yeah, he punches through a wall point. and, you know, yeah. vanishes this dude. I mean, it was pr- he takes out like half okay. a dozen people All right. and does an assassination. I'm, th- I'm saying that qualifies as big fights. All right, well, okay, okay. Well, then I'm going to say... It's, I'm going to say it's going to average one to one and a half per episode then, I guess. Um, because it's not, it's, like, it's not like we're not going to get action in every episode. It's the Falcon and the Winter yeah. Soldier. That's their thing, you know. Um, yeah, okay. All right. So I'm going to say if, if they're averaging one per episode, you know, that's going to be like one and a half. So we have five more episodes. So five, God, I, God, you made me agree with you now. Like seven. <laughs> what? But I, but I would say up to the level of that first like aerial battle thing, probably only three more of like to that. I'd say to that extreme, extreme level, level five. With like all the VFX. Really? Okay. 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 So for that level, you're saying five. I'm saying three. All right. Let's, let's count it out. Not, not counting. That's, that's yeah. from this point onward. So, okay. All right, I'm game for that. Um, okay, so well, let's give it some stakes. If you're right, what name your name? Your I, I was just going to just gentleman's bet, but now now you're going going all out on this. <laughs> yeah, let's give it some. Okay, I'll I'll say if 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 I'm successful, you have to start watching uh, the Clone Wars, Star Wars. Uh, all right, Clone fine. Wars. I know, I know. It's okay. <laughs> so all right, give it, it some teeth. You have to watch. Uh, lower decks. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Star Trek Lower Decks. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk about this in another episode. I've been resistant to watching uh, yeah. that show. But okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, all right. So that's the bet, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see how that goes. Oh, um, I forgot to mention that there's also an Ironheart show coming, which if you're not aware of Ironheart, uh, she is a student at MIT who creates her own like Iron Man armor. And, and Tony Stark was, I, I think... In the comics, Tony Stark's like her, you know, hero uh, type of a thing. She really looks up to him, and uh, so she builds her own uh, armor. Her name's Riri Williams. Um, and okay, so uh, and we're gonna get some Eternals. I don't know how how and when the Eternals are gonna interact with like present day like Avengers, but it probably happen at like some big. Well, yeah, like, the next Avengers big movie Avengers. Event, I would imagine. Um, like, you know, Avengers and the next big horrible thing that almost kills the Earth. Um, 
<laughs> right, right, right. Well, we're leading up to Secret Invasion, which is going to mm-hmm. be a show with Samuel L. Jackson and um, uh, guy, Ben Mendelsohn, who plays Talos, who's who was like one of my favorite parts of the Captain Marvel movie. He's amazing. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I think that wraps it up for my predictions right now. Um, I'm going to bet that Cap is not on the moon. Uh, I'll just I'll just restate that one. Although it would be hilarious, it would if just just hanging out, you know, having a soda, like eh, whatever. Like, and honestly, I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> like that's one of those rumors that you know Falcon has to deny. Yeah, like he's help, he's helping he's like set up the shield moon base, base or, something. or something as an advisor. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either. But really it would be really hilarious if it was. I think I think let's. Yeah, I think let's not overthink it, you know? Uh, like, he's probably yeah, just, like, you know, enjoying here. his life, like, playing Pinochle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but there we have it. Um, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. So thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, if you're listening to our audio podcast. And thanks, everybody, for listening to and or watching Mecha Dragon. You can find us online at mechadragon.net. For the audio podcast, you can find us, you know, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. If you want to, you know, if you want to reach out and uh, let us know your thoughts on this stuff, we would love to hear that. Just email us at mechadragonshow at gmail.com. Bob, is there anything uh, you'd like to add I think that's all sign for me. Out? Uh, thanks for joining us while we go down the rabbit hole with our nerd selves and hope to see you again next week. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. Our music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0, creativecommons.org, slash licenses, slash buy, slash 3.0.